Hi, good evening. It's Wednesday night, 8 o'clock in Yerushalayim. And we're going to learn a little of the parsha together tonight. Uh, today the parsha is Matot and Masay. And it's the first time in a while that the parsha being read in Eretz Yisrael is the same as the parsha read in Chutzlaretz, Matot Masay. Those two parsha together are read universally this Shabbat every place in the Jewish in the Jewish world. So if we look at the first three psukim, the first three verses in the parasha of Mas'e, the second of the two parashiyot, the first three psukim, if you have the sheet, it's at the top of the sheet. Okay? The first pasuk says, Ele Mas'e B'nei Yisrael, these are the trips that B'nai Yisrael took, right? B'nai Yisrael, Asher, Asher Yatsume Eretz Mitzrayim, from the time they left the land of Egypt, Litziv Otam, right? Accordance with their organization, with their military organization, Biyad Moshe Aharon, led by Moshe and Aharon. These are the trips. These are the trips, and of course, are the question that everybody asks: Why is this so important? Why is it important for me to know that the people left Mitzrayim and went to place X, and then from X they went to Y, and from Y they went to Z? Why is it important for me to know any of those? Uh, things in history. I mean, when do I look back on the trips that B'nai Israel took? I mean, it might be a quiz question for kids in a in a Jewish school. You tell me the name of the places they went to, you'll get a prize. But beyond that, it doesn't seem to have any importance at all. The second pasuk, Vayichtov Moshet so here the word, the, the, the verb is Vayichtov, that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote this down. Motza'ehem, Limasehem, the places they left and the places they went to. Alpi Hashem, accordance with the directive of Hashem. So again, we have special mention of the fact that Vayichtov Moshe, that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote these things, which is hard for us to understand, because Moshe Rabbeinu, after all, wrote the entire Torah. And this is a Torah, this part of the Torah, has very little ongoing significance. Something we look back on. It's not something we commemorate. It's not Zecher Litziat Mitzrayim, the, to the memory of the, of the exodus of Mitzrayim. Al Pi Hashem, emphasizing that God told Moshe to write the trips that B'nai Yisrael took. I mean, of course, the entire Torah is written by Moshe Rabbeinu at the behest of HaKadosh Baruch Why would this be different? Why would we imagine anything else? Why do we need this special emphasis, Al Pi Hashem? The Eile, the end of the Pasuk, Mas Ehem Ehem. And here they are. Here's the list. Here is the list. And we start from the beginning. From the beginning. Pasukim of Vayis Umiram says, Bechodesh HaRishom, Chamisha Asayom, Bechodesh HaRishom, Mimacharata Pesach. 
They called Mitzrayim. They left Ramses. The first trip began. The first trip began. So we look at these psukim, which seem to raise this uh, content to a high level. By Echtov Moshe, Al Pi Hashem, that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it, directed by God specifically. The rest of the Torah it doesn't say Al Pi Hashem. Just this is Al Pi Hashem. So we have, we have like a question. We have a question. We had before we had the question of Al Pi Hashem. We had a question of what's the importance in in general terms of knowing what the different places that B'nai Yisrael went to in their 38 years in the desert. So in order to get an answer to this question, get an answer to the question, we have to look at, we're going to look at four sources, right? The Ibn Ezra first, then Rashi, the Ramban, and the Likuti Maharan of Rav Nachman of Brasil. Four, four sources, and together, I think these four sources clarify what's going on in these three psukim. So let's look first at the Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra is on the sheet below below the Rashi. Ibn Ezra says, say these are the trips that B'nai Yisrael took, they came to the end of the sojourn. They're in a place called Arvot Moab, which is on the eastern side of the Jordan River, ready to go into Eretz Kinan. They were there several months. Until they built the cities that are mentioned previously. And they didn't move on after, after Aaron died, Moshe Rabbeinu was directed, instructed, and fulfilled that instruction to write all of the all of the trips. Ibn Ezra continues at Mozaehem, the places they left, how they left. And went from one place to another. After they left, they went on a trip to the next place. That's how the Ibn Ezra reads. But now the Ibn Ezra adds something that's very important. He says, Al Pi Hashem, those words, Al Pi Hashem, Davek, Im Limasehem. It's connected to the trips. The trips were taken al pi Hashem. It's not the Vayichtov Moshe al pi Hashem. I mean, in other words, the Pasuk could be read in two ways. So the Ibn Ezra doesn't want to get involved with the question of why would God command Moshe Rabbeinu here to write down what is going to tell him because everything was written down by Moshe Rabbeinu al pi Hashem. So Ibn Ezra says, no, it's Masayhem al-Piyash. He's going to read the Pasuk differently. The trips that they took, going from place to place, were as al-Piyash. So, okay, that I can sort of understand. 
That's a, not a, not a something general like Vayichtov Moshe. Of course, Moshe wrote it al pi Hashem and only al pi Hashem. According to the Ibn Ezra, according to the Ezra, the al pi Hashem goes, connects back to Lemasehem. All the trips that B'nai Yisrael took in the desert were trips that were determined by HaKadosh Baruch They were all al pi Hashem. Okay, that's the Ibn Ezra. It's the Ibn Ezra's way of getting out of the problem. And uh, we're going to see that the that the Ramban finds that difficult. Ramban doesn't like it. But then let's look first at Rashi. You see Rashi? You see it, right? Rashi says, Why is it that these trips are mentioned here in the Chumash in order that we should learn something about God's inclination to chesed, to mercy. How so? How are we going to learn that? Even though the punishment that was determined after the Chaita Maraglim the sin of the scouts who went to scout out the land. Even though that punishment, it was that they should be, just wander around in the desert. That doesn't mean that every time they came to some place, God said, okay, now let's move on, let's move on again, and that the moving from one place to another was very difficult and was truly a punishment for the terrible thing that had been done. Don't say that. Don't say that. If you count, you'll see how many trips were there in the 38 years. There were 14 trips. Samehem subtract Yudalit fourteen Shekulama Yubashanari Shonada first year before the Khaita Egel, right? And before the Khaita Baraglim certainly, they there were fourteen trips that they took, so that wasn't part of the punishment. So you have forty and you subtract from the forty fourteen. Subtract 14, before this uh, a punishment was determined. From the trips that were taken from Ramses, which is in Egypt, till the place called Ritma. The Miraglim went from Ritma, but that's where they were. They were in Ritma. Shinemar Vachar Nasu Haam Mechatzeirot. Shalach Lecha Anashim. These are all the places that uh, that we see that God directed B'nai Yisrael to go to Eretz Yisrael. Right? Vekanu Omer, and in this Psukim, in this parasha, Vayisu Mechatzeirot, Vayacharu Beritma. They went from Chatzero to Ritma. Lamadita 
she, so from this you learn she, he ba midbar paran that they were in midbar paran vaod you can subtract another eight trips another eight masaot which they did after Aaron died at Hor Hahar until they reach where they are now in Arvot Moab if you start with 40 and you start 14 and then you start another 7 so, so, Nimtza, Shekol Shmonesh Loshim Shana, Lo Nasu Ela, Esrim Masaot. That during the 38 years in the desert, from the time of the Muraglim until they went into Eretz Canaan, they only traveled, uh, Esrim Masaot. Zeumi Sodo, Sherabi Moshe Hadarshan. So Rashi had a variety of sources that he used for his commentary, but one of them, as we know, was Rabbi Moshe Darshan, who Rashi thought highly of. And he explains the problems in this pasuk with Rabbi Moshe Darshan, who said that the reason that the Torah teaches us, the Torah teaches us about these masaot, masaot, all these trips that B'nai Yisrael took and the names of the trips, the names of the places they got to, is to make sure that we would know, we would like think about it, we'd immediately say, well, how many of these Masaot were the punishment for the Chait Hamaraglim? Because we know some of the Masaot were done before Matan Torah and some of the Masaot were done after the death of Aaron where the preparation is already started for going into Eretz Kinnah. So that leaves us, according to Rabbi Moshe Darshan, that leaves us with 20 Masaot. 20 Masaot in 38 years sounds like less than a very intense kind of punishment. And Rabbi Moshe Darshan says, well, that teaches you something about the inclination that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to do chesed, to have mercy on the people who deserved a very serious punishment. The punishment that they actually endured was less uh, was less of a punishment and more of trips, taking trips around the desert until the 38 years of trip-taking was finished. Now, I would say that Rashi himself understands that this is not an obvious interpretation. And Rashi himself seems to have looked for some other possibility. And he says, he continues and he says, Rabbi Tanchuma Darashba Darashacharet. We know that Rashi knew the Tanchuma very well, the Huza Medrash. He knew it very well, and he used it often. He used it often. And he says, here also, I want to remind you that besides Rabbi Moshe Darshan, there's also something in the Tanchuma which is of significance. And what is that? What is of significance? Mashal Melech, the Tanchuma said, Think of a king. 
Shaya beno chole. He had a sick son. Holy chole makom rachok lirifuato. He had a sick son, and he was taking him to a faraway place in order to cure him from his illness. Apparently, he got to the place he wanted to go get to, and the son was cured of his illness, and now they're on their way back. Now they're on their way back. When they were on their way back, his father would start telling him stories about the trips that they took to get to the hospital that where he was cured. Amarlo, he said to him, Khan Yeshanu. See this place he would say? This is where we slept on the way in. Khan Hukarnu. Here we were uh, given special consideration. Khan Khashashta at Roshcha. Here you didn't feel well. You had a headache. And so there's a difference between going and coming. Between going and coming. That when you go to a place that you've never been to before, well, you follow the GPS. It tells you to go left, to go left. You say go right, to go right. But you don't recognize any of the places that you're going through. But on the way back, even though you're following your GPS again, on the way back, you recognize things. Oh, here's that tree that we saw. Here's that building that we saw. It was when you revisit a place that something important happened to you, the place itself becomes important. So what the, what the Tanchuma is saying, Tanchuma is saying, he said, look, you know, the first time all these names are mentioned in the Torah, they're unknown. They're places that are unknown. But now, when Moshe Rabbeinu reminds everybody about those places, they are places of significance. And therefore, therefore, it makes sense to list the names over again. Of course, Rashi doesn't quite explain it in a way that we'd like to understand. Doesn't quite explain it. Uh, but we're left with the idea, we have the idea that if we work at it, we could probably figure out a way of understanding that listing the names of the places in the beginning of Mass A reflects the importance of these places. But I don't know exactly what was so important about them. I don't know that. So what I want to do is I'd like to uh, uh, look at the Ramban. The Ramban in his first... uh, the Ramban first mentions Rashi at some length. He mentions the Rashi interpretation. Uh, you see the second line in the Rashi at the end of the line, after he talks about the recent history. So Moshe Rabbeinu had to write the trips, the names of the trips that he went on. I'm in the fourth one, two, three, the fourth line. And in this way, uh, the Torah tells us about the chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
של הקדוש ברוך הוא עמהם, שאף על פי שגזר עליהם לטלטלה ולהניעם במדבר, the language is a little bit different, but it's the same idea that even though God vowed to punish them by moving them around in the desert, not giving them any rest, לא תחשוב שהיו נעים ומטולטלים ממקום למקום תמיד. Don't think that the only thing that happened in the desert was that they had to move all the time. ולא הייתה להם מנוחה, they had no rest. אבל בכל הזמן הגדול לא הלכו אל הארבע ושתיים מסעות, כמו שכתב הרב רש"י בדברי רבי משה הדרשן. So the first thing that the Ramban uh, uh, says, he quotes Rashi, apparently with approval. I mean, it makes sense to the Ramban, what Rashi said. If you teach something about God's mercy, that, that's a good thing. That's a good thing to learn. You can learn it in different ways, at different times. And the Ramban seems to agree with Rashi. Seems to agree with Rashi. Then the Ramban goes on. And this is the point that... Uh, is important for us. Hosif Araf Berov Morinavuchim, he quotes the guide, the Rambam. To'elet v'yidiyatam. There's some purpose and advantage to knowing this list of places in the parasha of Masay. Lomar ha-tzorech la-askir ha-masayim The need to mention the Masaim, the, the trips that they took in the desert was very great. Ki hanisim va'otot hanasim, the miracles and the signs that were given to the people hayu amitiyot they were true. Likol ro'ehem everybody knew that God was in charge. Everybody knew that the, everything was being directed by God. Afbatid, what's going to happen a thousand years later? Yudvarim hashomea. And so people will just hear these stories, and then they'll say they're not true. Yachzivim kazad, they'll turn them into a lie. Umeotot haTorah v'nifloter haAtzuma. And may otot ha Torah, right? The, the signs in the Torah, the miracles, the niflotera atzumot, and the wonders. Amidat Yisrael be midbar arbaim shana, umitziat haman bekol yom. After all, the Jews were in the desert for 40 years, and they had no source of food other than, other than the man. The man came down every single day. Beheim mikomot rechokot min ha'yishuv, and they were. You can't say that they went every day to buy food in the local supermarket. There was no supermarket. There weren't any local places uh, to buy. Ve'nan tiviot livnei adam, and and it, it's not a place where you naturally find the desert. It's not a place where you naturally find people who live. They don't live there. And there's a possible in the Torah, Lechem Lo Achaltem, 
Because you didn't have normal food, but you lived, you existed, right? You 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 existed. We call Ela Ototei Bimaasenes near Ela Ayin. Everybody who was there knew that it was a miracle. How could they live in the desert for thirty-eight years if not for miraculous intervention from a Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Because Shayada Haboreid Bara Ki Yavor Al Ela. Otot Mashi Avor Al Divrei Hayamim Lo Yaminu Ashomim Bahem Viachshivu Ki Amidatam Bamidbar Hazehayakarov Min Hayishuv Mekomashem Bnei Adam Sham. So people will say, they'll hear the story. They say, Oh, we lived in the desert for 38 years and everything was fine. We had food and we had water and we had wine. So what will the people who listen to these stories, what will they say? They say, no, it can't be. You can't. There must have been, they must have actually been close to uh, civilized places uh, where you could buy what you needed. And that's what they did. It was not a miracle. It was it was regular. That's what people would say. Uh, like you know that there are deserts and there are Arabs who live in the desert today and they they get along they get along so B'nai Israel they got along in the same in the same way they were they were in a place it's called desert but they were still able to grow things Kharish Katsir Maybe there there were uh, uh, grasses and plants that people could eat. In those places there were wells and water that could be drunk. Alkain and therefore all of this miraculous world that B'nai Israel lived in was fortified validated by the Masaot by the places that they went to from place to place Adorot Habaim, in order that the future generations should see v'yedu ha'otot ha'gedolot, and they'll see these wondrous, uh, these wondrous signs. Eichamdu b'nei adam b'mkomotahem arba'im shana kol ele kol ele devarav. So what did the Rambam say? The Rambam was looking for a way of justifying the list of places in the parish of Masih. After all, we know those places. We, you know, the first time around, the Torah mentions them. And secondly, who could understand why the Torah wanted Moshe Rabbeinu to write the list of places that the day Israel were in? So Rashi said, Alpimar, Moshe Adarshan agreed, the, the, the Rabban agrees, the Rabban probably agrees also with the Rambam, so the Rambam said, Rambam says, look, people are going to say, 
we, we, we will tell the story that we were in the desert for 38 years and we lived miraculously. We had man, we had water, we had slav. We, it was all a miracle. It was all a miracle. And that's how we existed. So the people, people we tell this to, they'll say to us, well, I mean, how do you know it was a miracle? You weren't there. You can't really say what, what happened. We think it was just, uh, you found a place where you could grow something, where you could feed yourself something, where you could go to the cities nearby and get food. I mean, even though the Torah tells the stories about where they couldn't get food, but probably it could be, it could also be speculated that they went to some other place and did get food. But how do you know that it was, uh, it was miraculous? How do you know there was a miraculous event? So he says, well, you tell them the names of the places in the desert. And those names of the places in the desert are real places. And nobody's going to question you on that because, because it's, it's almost trivial. It's not part of what you're trying to prove. You're trying to prove that, you're trying to prove that the, uh, that the, that the life in the desert was miraculous. But uh, so you say you went to Ram. You went from Ramses to Ritmo. Okay, Ritmo. So they look it up in the atlas. The people who doubt you, they look. They say, yeah, there's really such a place. There's a place called Ritmo. So they accept your witness on the small thing. They'll accept your witness on the big thing. The big thing is the miracle. Since you know so well where they were. That will convince the people you're talking with that the that the miracles in the desert that the miracles in the desert actually happen. That's the Rambam. The Rambam has a pragmatic approach, and he says that the reason that the Torah wants us to write down these things is that we should understand that convincing people of our faith position, which is that we lived in the desert miraculously, is dependent on our being able to say where we were in the desert and allowing everybody else to look it up, to Google all these places. Do they really exist? Where are they? Are they in the desert or near the edge of the desert? They could see it themselves right away and they won't imagine they won't imagine that we fabricated that. That was certainly the truth. So we go back to the Ramban. Next to the last line, mitzvot Hashem he. And so writing down the names of the trips from here to there is mitzvah Hashem. It's a mitzvah. Min hataamim aniskarim. O Mizulatan, or for other reasons, in Yan Lo Nitgale Lanu Sodo. In other words, in this case, the Rahman said there are many reasons for writing down the names of the places they went to from here to there. We don't know them all, but we know what the Ramban said, and we know what the we know what Rashi said, and we know what the Ram, Rambam said, and both of those are important insights into the importance of this of this land. And then Ki Al Pi Hashem Davek Imba Yichtov Moshe. 
I disagree with the Ibn Ezra. I agree with Rashi. I agree with the Rabbah. But I disagree with the Ibn Ezra. Rabbi Abraham, Ibn Ezra, Shamashu Davek that the trips were taken directive directed by God. After all we know that because there's a Posak in Dvarim uh here in Bamidbar, Al Piyashem Yachanu, Al Piyashem Yisau. We know that the trips were undertaken by directives from God, both to move along and to stop and and, uh, and establish the court. So we we understand we understand that uh, the punishment was not so strong, and that the list of of, uh, of that really something good comes out of it, according to the Rambam. We're able to use the sojourn in the desert as a way of proving that, uh, according to the Rambam, as a way of proving that we lived a miraculous life. It sort of like takes the questions, the, um, the punishment in general. Rashi said, okay, it's not so bad. 20 masaot. The Rambam says, well, look at the Rambam who said, it's not only not so bad, but it's terrific. You get to prove to your, to the people outside of, uh, outside of your uh, belief that you live the life of a miracu- a miraculous life in the desert. So what's the punishment? What was the punishment that B'nai Yisrael endured? It sounds more like they're passing time. And the time that they pass, that they're passing, turns out to be very good for uh, for belief, for being able to explain your belief to the others. You inherited from the, in the Torah that we're talking about, that the belief that we're talking about is that everything was miraculous in the desert. And uh, that should be enough. I don't understand where the... Where the, where the uh, where is the punishment that Bnei Yisrael were punished for 38 years? So here's the punishment. The Kuti Maharan, Rav Nachman, part one, Torah Mem. Ita Baseret Mamarot, Ita Baseret Mamarot. There are this idea of Baseret Mamarot. There are 10 trips that, uh, Ela Masay Bene Yisrael, Bishvil Shechat U Beela Elokecha Yisrael. So he makes some kind of a connection. We don't want to go into that yet. Bishvil Zeh. And because of that, because they didn't accept God's directive, because they said they don't want to go, they don't want to go to, uh, to Eretz Kena'an, Bishvil Zeh Yisu Bene Yisrael. And that's the reason that B'nai Israel are going to travel all the time. Because they also, they refuse to travel. Nimtza kol ha-neti'ot shel adam. You see that all the inclinations of man, hu bishvil kilkul ha-emunah. Every time you think of doing something that you shouldn't do, Every time you think of doing something bad, 
it's because of Kilkul Hamuna. That was Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman thought that the root of all the evil that we might do, or even the deviations that we might have, always reflect a problem in faith, in Hamuna. Hainu Bechinat Avodazora. That sort of like takes you on the road to idolatry. Ki Emayama Amin. This is the important part. Emayama Amin. If if he was really a believer, bemunashleima the complete and full faith. Sheyachol Hakadosh Baruch Hu lahazmin lo kol tzorchol. Lo hayanoseyashum netiya. He would not. He would not deny. It says if he really thought that God could take care of him, that he was in the hands of God, he wouldn't go any place. He wouldn't leave any place. Because, because I've been in a place. I've been in a place that God put me. Why should I leave? Ah, I don't have enough to eat. I don't have enough food. I don't have enough... He says, he says, no, that, that's just because if you had faith in God, you'd have all those things. You'd the same thing. You could have someplace else. You could have here. It doesn't make it. There's no difference to God. Going on a trip who kilkul emunah. The trip, going on a trip meaning going to seek your fortune or a more comfortable life in another place, distinguishing one place of God's creation from another place. It's like you say, you say, here, God is not working so well over here. So let me go over there, maybe, you know, like, remember Balak and Bilam, right? If I can't curse him over here, let's go over there, baby. Balak said, let's go over there, maybe you'll be able to curse him from there. This is an idolatrous position. The word say, go out. That's like taking a trip. By just moving from one place to another. Shegaram Kiviachol Nimala. He fixes the the tiltul, the moving around that I caused in heaven. Kemoshe Katub Ramasechat Sarah Kehit Kanes. Okay. What did Rabbi Nachman? What does Rabbi Nachman say? Rabbi Nachman says every place is created by God. And every place produces uh, a divine reaction. So in theory, wherever you happen to find yourself, wherever the diaspora has thrown you to, well, that should be the best place in the world if you had faith. And if you don't think it's the best place in the world, it's probably because you don't have faith. You're not a person who represents faith. So we go back to the beginning and we say, B'nai Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael, they didn't want to go to the place that God sent them. So what was their punishment? 
so that they would kind of be wandering around for 40 years in the desert. He says, why, why is that a punishment? Because wandering is the result of a lack of faith. Wandering means you don't have that connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that enables you to stay in one place. So you see the Mido Keneged Mido, even though Rav Nachman doesn't say it, but you can see it. The Mido Keneged Mido is just like they said, we don't want to go to a place. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, okay. What you get for not going to a particular place is that you're going to be no place. And no place, being no place, is a tremendous punishment. It's a punishment not because you don't have water to drink or man to eat. It's not because of that, but because your soul yearns for the peace of a place, peace, shalom, of a particular place. And the punishment that Bnei Yisrael received received after the Chet HaMaraglim was that they didn't have a place. Just when they thought they were able to settle in, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to them, move on. And being because they had to move on all the time, which reflected a lack of, of faith, there was really no cure. They just had to wait till the people who performed this uh, transgression until they all died. They all died at the dayats. So we have a variety of interpretations. I think that the uh, interpretation of Rav Nachman takes us to the higher level. It explains to us why that was a punishment and why that punishment has to do, why we have to remind ourselves of that punishment as the Rabban said. The Rav Nachman changes it into a question of personal faith. Do you have faith? And if you have faith, can you settle in a place and keep that place, uh, keep that place steady? I wish you a wonderful Shabbos. We'll see you next week.